We're coming down to you, okay? Greetings and welcome to this latest edition of the Women of Rock. I'm one of your hosts, Kimberly. Hi, I'm Tammy. Hey, and our channel is all about the goings on in the world of rock and our favorite rock musicians. Before we move forward, I want you to subscribe, hit the like button and the notifications bell so you don't miss a single episode of season two. Now I'm going to turn it over to my girl, Tammy, who has some on the ground reporting from a huge world tour. Tammy, what's going on? Okay, so today's a special edition. We're going to devote today's episode to Depeche Mode. And I recently saw Depeche Mode, their second concert in San Jose for this new tour, the Memento Mori tour, and just wanted to give my overall experience and impressions and a recap of how fabulous it was really cool we are so excited to hear because i've been seeing in the news i know a bunch everyone's been checking it out i've seen really positive reviews so you know before we launch into the show can you just give us a wrap-up of how you got that ticket because i know it was sort of like you know charlie from willy wonka how you got that golden ticket and got made it in there so how'd you get that ticket um, well, first of all, let me say, you can probably tell by my voice that I am sick. And unfortunately, I believe I did get sick from going to the event. It was an indoor concert. It's not COVID, but it's some other or combination of other viruses that pretty much took me down for like nine days. There's that. Still recovering. My ear is completely plugged and like pretty much swollen this half of my face. But still totally worth it. I did not regret going. It was an amazing experience. So anyway, that being said, that I got the ticket through Ticketmaster. It was about six months ago, I think. I think, well, last October, so six months ago. And it was the sign up for the verified fan through Ticketmaster. And I believe I got a link to, I don't remember, for that particular one, you didn't have to sign up for a particular show. You just had to have a link and all the shows went on sale at the same time. But there were only like maybe six shows in North America and Depeche Mode has not toured in five years, I think. Typically they tour about every four years is their cycle. <clears throat> and they recently lost Fletch, Andrew Fletcher, from the band so this might be the last time they tour actually we say that every time this might be the last time they tour but, this you, is but you never know it could right. be and the fact that they were only doing a handful of shows in north america and then going overseas it was like whoa there's going to be a major scramble for tickets so really i got the code i was on my phone my laptop like you know at the at the time it was released and i was trying for la and san jose and la was like forget it it was just in line forever and the first thing that i could get on was san jose so i just grabbed it and i grabbed a ticket my the ticket itself ended up being i was in the 100 level i had decent seats i chose seats that were facing the band not right next to the band because i had ha i had been to a concert a show for johnny marr in another city and it was an arena type setting. And I was, I chose a seat like closer to the band, but I was sitting sideways and it sucked because it was not a great ar arena and everyone was like smooshed together and no one was standing up. 
So I'm like squished in between people and look and having to look over to the right. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. I'm going to, I'm going to, and that being said, the SAP center, I don't know if it's called SAP or SAP center or whatever in San Jose is a great venue. Oh, awesome. There is amazing. And I was kicking myself like, damn it. I should have got a seat, but I didn't know. I'd never been there. Closer, it would have been, it would have been, the views were great. I didn't feel that far away, but I just realized like, now this is a good arena. There's not a bad seat. Anyway, so when I got the tickets, it was just like, I'm going. And I think they were out the door with Ticketmaster fees and all that. I think around $200. Wow. Okay. Wanted to get, I really ideally want to be on the floor but as we've talked about on this channel many times floor seats were going for three thousand dollars by the way who is on the floor did those people pay three thousand dollars did they wait like it sold out really fast i don't know it'd be interesting to see to know what people paid not but not too bad it wasn't a mortgage payment <laughs> it wasn't a mortgage payment no or, or a trip to europe <laughs> and that was pre-sale <laughs> that was pre-sale <laughs> And I, and then I went on the day that they went on sale and it was like a hundred dollars more for my seat. Oh, wow. Okay. Area instantly. And then it sold out really mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. So you got one, you got one and because we've been talking about this for a couple months. I, yeah, I've been looking forward to this for months. And so Sacramento was their first show on March 23rd and then the one I went to was their second show on March 25th and it was just electric. It was everyone there, 19,000 people, everyone there was so happy and mm. so excited. I've never seen a Depeche Mode. Co- like, okay, first of all, let me set the stage for a Depeche Mode concert. If you've never been to a Depeche Mode concert, typically Depeche Mode fans are a bit obsessive with the band myself for sure. And so it just, they have deep and heavy themes around life and death, not really life, more like death, um, you know, love, <laughs> sex, and religion. And so this, so typically when I go to a Depeche Mode concert, it's uplifting for sure, but it's, I always have an emotional hangover afterward because it's so just deep and connecting. So this was a little different because people didn't go in expecting that deep brooding experience, I guess. Hmm. It was more like, we are so fucking happy to be here. Oh, Everybody, nice. people were so nice. I, okay. And so when I got there again, 19,000 people, um, like me, similar in age, all wearing black, all dressed for the show, all just psyched. Okay, you, know? you got to show all your t-shirt. Jennifer, yes, this is what I was getting to. So I should, so here, my sweatshirt of the band and um, and then it has the tour dates on the back. But I, I noticed this really long line up the stairs and around. And I'm like, what is that? Is that like for the bar? <laughs> Excuse me, what are you staying in line for? Are you trying to get a drink? <laughs> it was the merch line. Oh, and really? it was two lines going up the stairs around. So I'm like, damn, let me get a beer and then stand in the merch line. Well, exactly what I did. Got it. Like the, they sold the big cans of beer, whatever. I'm like, okay, this will last for a while. This will last was, for this line. I was in that line for an hour and oh, I missed wow. 
man completely. Oh, wow. I'm committed now. I'm in line. I'm not going to get out of line. And I can't order these online. It's at the concert only. So I'm like, well. So by the time I got to the front of the line and drank that big beer, I was like, okay, I'll take that and that. So I spent way more than I anticipated. And the prices were, I got to say, outrageous. Like, holy cow. Nothing was less than $50. This sweatshirt was $100. Wow. sleeve shirt on top of it that was like I'm $75. That was a little bit of a hangover the next day too of damn, how much did I just spend on merch? That wasn't a drop on this show. (laughs) But but I got caught up in the moment. And there was just this feeling of I don't know when we're gonna see him again. And everybody in line was super nice, like just chit chatting. Like the excitement was just palpable, like Mm. in the lobby, in the venue. And even the first couple of songs, the whole thing, people mm-hmm. were just going crazy. I've never seen a Depeche Mode concert. Like, I think the band were blown away too. They were just, holy cow. Mm-hmm. And I think there was so much compassion for, and sadness in a way, or celebration of the last two members. That mm-hmm. Fletch was no longer on the stage and the way the band was configured was different. They've got two band members that have been longtime touring members with them too, a drummer and bass player. But it was just like, you know, and then there were two. It was just weird. And if you could remind our listeners, Fletch, he passed away, was it last year? He pa- he passed away, don't remember, I could Google the exact date, but it was last year and it was during the process of them making their new album called Memento Mori. Mm-hmm. And Memento Mori literally means remember you must die. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a, a, again, full on with the Depeche Mode theme. But the fact that they started writing it before this happened, was a, it, it was a little weird. And also that it's like where the they are as humans, each album that they've done, and every time I've seen them on tour, which has been quite a number of times since 2005 or 2006 was the first time I've saw them. I never saw them in the eighties or anything. I've only seen them in, you know, in this century, <laughs> but it's always been, there's a dynamic between Dave Gahan and Martin Gore. And that's played out within the band over the years. And I've watched them mature and mature in age. So it just seems like, Memento Mori is a reflection of where they are now as humans, just facing end of life, not end of life right now, but the last chapters of life and just remembering that we're all going to die. So em- embracing life. So it sounds dark, but it's really hopeful. And it's not easy to, it's not easy to pull that off to, to navigate that. Well, the band the themes of the band for anybody who doesn't, like I said, the themes of the band are death, religion and sex all those are the themes they explore but it's also but again it's also uplifting yeah yeah would you say that this is it memento mori mm-hmm. would you say that that's like a departure from their traditional sound or is it in line mm-hmm. with and here's one thing i want to say and i want to talk a, a little bit about the concert itself and the songs and stuff but i did notice people around me so there's that 80s Depeche Mode, like people are people and everything counts and just can't get enough. 
So if you're an 80s fan of Depeche Mode and you're coming to the concert to hear, I just can't get enough, you're going to be really disappointed because it's not, they've grown past that. It. It's been 40, 40. I was in high school listening to that stuff. And, they, and they've continued, they haven't stopped as a band. They have continued recording and touring and evolving all this time. It never stopped. So I did see a few people in front of me that I think were thinking, I'm going to go see Depeche Mode. Remember them from the 80s? If that's what you're thinking, you might be disappointed because they have really grown and changed since then. That being said, I love their music. I love everything that they've done after the 80s. I like the... I there's a few things from the 80s that I, 80s and 90s that I love. Personal Jesus. There are more, but now they closed with those songs. Typically they close with usually Good Night or usually Never Let Me Down. But this time they closed with Personal Jesus, which was really interesting. And they did do some rearranging of some of the songs too. So it's a walk through their music pretty i would say from they picked a few songs i think from each era but there's not a lot from the 80s and there's some songs that i love that they didn't play and i think and i've seen some online posts like people are i don't know about the set list but doesn't matter we love depeche mode but again if (laughs) if you're going i would recommend being a hardcore depeche mode fan if you are it's freaking amazing if you're going there to expect 80s depeche mode you're going to be disappointed which is so interesting though because i was able to i was looking at the set list and i watched is it ghost stories is that the name of the song ghost again ghost again That's which is a really song. really interesting song and really song. interesting video very evocative maybe is the word and oh, for yeah. me because i'm not i really like depeche mode i'm not a fan like you have been but since i've known you we've been talking about it I'm like really into their music and exploring more about it. And I think this tour and this latest release, I think it really shows their depth and their variety and their talent, to be honest with you. Yes. Thank you. That's depth. If there's one word to describe the band, it's depth and talent. Amazing talent. Amazing talent. I really didn't know. I'm My experiences with them were from the 80s. People are people, that whole set. Their their 80s music is great, but... There's just been a whole evolution since then. And what's interesting, one of the, they, they opened with a few songs. I'm just looking at the set list. They opened it with a few songs from the new album. And the third song they played is Walking In My Shoes. That's from the 90s. And that's one of those songs that I've always loved. But for some reason, it has evolved over time. And I like it even more now than I did when it first came out. And I just read something about that, that the band said the same thing, like something about that song has continued to evolve. And that's why they put it on the set list. And they just did a recording with the BBC through the BBC network. And they recorded that song and Ghosts Again with an orchestra. I'm not sure if they did a full concert with the orchestra, if it was just those, though they posted on YouTube, those two songs and they're amazing. So oh, we'll wow. link them down below so you can take a look at those but it's great they they did every everything counts that's a popular 80s song some of the newer songs that i really like 
they performed, but it seemed that they did a different arrangement, which was interesting. So um, Precious is a song from, I believe it's Playing the Angel from 2006, 2007, which was good, a little bit different arrangement. A couple songs that are more recent to, uh, oh, A Pain That I'm Used To, I think that was also from Playing the Angel, which I really, great great song wrong that's one of i think that's from is that from delta delta spirit great song but again different arrangement john the revelator great song a little bit different arrangement so you gotta really like know a lot of these records from new to appreciate these songs and um so i have to say like overall it was i was just so happy to see him on stage and like i knew every single song i didn't know all of the new songs but i knew every single song and <laughs> okay so the thing about standing up at concerts this is such a pet peeve i think i've talked about this a few times but <laughs> yeah there have been times where i've been in front row of a concert but it was like i was heart and sticks and it was at it was like a fairground tour concert during the summer and the demographic was a little bit older age and i was in the second row and people behind me were telling me to sit down i'm like you've got to be kidding me never went to a fairgrounds show again because of that reason but i had that problem here again wow really i was in the 100 level everyone below me was standing up except for the people directly in front of me which i suspect were i like the 80s depeche mode because they sat like this through the whole thing and then when they <laughs> when they go play those songs i like right and then when they heard just can't get enough at the end then they stood up and they were happy but it took until the very end the encore for them to stand up and i'm like ah oh, 80s people don't bother everybody to the left of me i could see were standing up for the most part in the same level so that so somebody behind me tapped me on the shoulder and said do you mind sitting down and oh, i was just wow like, and i was like and i and i was like you know what mm, can't guarantee that i'm gonna sit down through the show sorry <laughs> I love that. I love you know that. She was really nice about it which the people at sticks and heart were like sit down you know, well, yelling at you uh, yelling at me throwing rotten food <laughs> nice about it but i'm just like i'm sorry I, i'll sit down here and there but i'm not gonna and i said it very That's nicely wild. You know? but why are you going to a concert if you are expecting people to sit down i just don't understand it i don't understand especially it. that it was, style it was, like, was the asshole standing up like <laughs> whatever and we have talked about this in one of our previous episodes if you want to go check that out from season one because my whole point is how are you listening to this this music and not moving anything like i don't get it and why are you there why are you here stay home i probably got the damn virus from you the non-moving person if you're not into it stay home like it ruins it for the rest of us and having said that maybe like come on right i was gonna say having said that maybe concert etiquette has really changed up where people just feel shy or embarrassed about doing that or something i don't know that's one thing don't ask me to sit down <laughs> i'm standing down. do what you want <laughs> don't ask me to change my behavior when you can see 
how into the concert and everyone around me is standing up. Fuck you. I'm sorry, but you can stand up too. <laughs> you can stand up too. Like it's okay. It's okay. If you're not into it, that's your problem. That's not my problem. If you came to see 80s Depeche Mode or a friend drug you here, um, that's not my problem. Don't influence my behavior when so I'm just interesting. Yeah, it's not the theater folks, right? We're, we don't stand up in theater like that, but at a rock concert, especially with that type of music, you see the performers dancing. I saw I clips and he was that. moving. Yeah, I was not alone. I, not alone. You gotta be kidding me. So <laughs> I did see he had posted a few photos and videos and stuff, but I think they were in the 200 level and they made a comment. Everyone around me sucked. Like they were, yeah, they weren't appreciating it or standing up or whatever. And I'm just like, Oh God, it's the worst. And you can't predict that, especially when you're scrambling to get tickets for something like this. I don't know. Yeah. What is concert etiquette? What is, and if, and if you're watching, please put it into the comments section because I thought it was okay to move and show your appreciation. And that's what we call feedback. And the performance actually like that. <laughs> oh Unbelievable. So yeah, so I, I guess my final impressions of the show are really that, and they they sounded amazing. Dave Gahan had more energy than I've seen in years. I know he was struggling through the last concert. He last couple tours, he had some illnesses and it looked, he just looked really tired and drained. And I heard he, he had said in some interviews, he doesn't know if he's can do this again. He's getting older and that kind of thing. He's, I think he's 60 now. And he looked fantastic. He was on fire. He was dancing around. He was into it. He was excited. It was amazing. So he was better than ever sounded amazing just awesome and obviously the band and martin gore martin gore is such a gigantic talent of course he martin mm -hmm. gore got out and sang he always sings a couple of songs during each show martin sounded better than i've ever heard him ever mm -hmm. like his voice i'm like whoa amazing going on not that it wasn't good before but there was just something extra they did a nice tribute to fletch not really, they didn't announce it or anything. They played Fletch's favorite song called A World World in My Eyes from Violator, which is one of my favorite songs too of their, God, I have a lot of favorite songs. That's a great song too. And they flashed photos of him in the background. They just did this like kind of morphine images of him younger. And uh, it was uh, just beautiful and moving and everybody, if without saying it, everybody was there to think, push the band on, keep going. We're so happy you're here. Just keep going. I, that's just what it felt like. It just felt so celebratory. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. I'm okay. And they have since added shows at the end of the year, they have added another leg in December for us and north america i haven't gotten tickets yet but i'm because i've been a little sick she's, she's recuperating but i'm totally gonna get to i can't wait i can't wait to see him again yeah that's cool because i've been reading up on it and reading reviews and i know that this was the first leg of their tour and then the second leg they're off to europe like maybe yes. this week or something and then they come back 
And I read a really great review from a journalist, a reviewer out of L.A. They played down there and they said the show was amazing. Yeah, they went um, to L.A. after San Jose. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really positive reviews of the concert and their performance. And Tammy was hit me up. She's like, I'm here. I'm like, how's it going? She's like, they sound great. And I was like, okay, now enjoy the show. So I and wanted you to enjoy the show without me texting every five minutes. Filmed a few things. Amazing. Uh, I just and did and snapped a few photos and stuff, but I really just wanted to enjoy the concert as much as I could because it was so fabulous. So I heard in Amazing. it was there is a part where Martin Gore and Dave Gahan come in and sing together. I think even just a very like acoustic version of I think it was Soul with Me. Um, but I heard in. I think it was L.A., Dave Gahan said, everybody put down your damn phones and watch the show to when they did that. Because it's such a nice moment between the two of them singing to each other, which doesn't happen very often. And then they hug at the end, which is for all of us who know Depeche Mode, Dave and Martin have had this kind of contentious relationship for many years and to see them coming together now and Fletch is no longer there to mediate or bridge that. They have to work with each other now and to see them embracing each other and really in sync with each other was just, made everybody, it made me happy. It made everybody so happy. Yeah, I thought that was such a beautiful moment. They, first of all, their vocal performance was really, they brought their A game, obviously. They, they came out swinging. They're on their A game. They really like, are. Man, do what you have to do to go because- this is an A-level show. It's Kill, amazing. Killed it. And like I said, I love them. I haven't been like a huge fan and followed them since my high school days, just because, you know, that's just the way it is sometimes with your, yeah, with your you Grow your out groups. of bands, grow in different phases. Yeah. After we've been talking about it, and I was checking out some clips from the concerts and even some previous years, I just really didn't realize what strong vocal performers they really were. I just really uh-huh. never knew. And to hear them like that and to end with that heartfelt hug, you could tell there was just so much going on. I can yeah. only imagine the kind of courage and strength it took to do this tour without Fletch because he was such an right. integral part of the group. I'm like, hats yeah. off to my boys, yes. your boys. They sound, they really sounded amazing. Absolutely. And they have quite a following. This is an underground really popular band with their core fan base. Like we're all a bit obsessive about this band. It's what they, I don't know, inspire. There's just something about it, but there's a lot, there's a huge worldwide fan base, which is interesting because they're not like a top 40 or even just, I don't know. They're not like, a U2, like they're a band that attracts all of the <laughs> deep slash goth. I don't consider myself goth, but certainly there, a lot of goth are attracted to them. And so of all of the misfits, it's the misfit people and Gen X people, the people who feel like they've been misplaced or outside the norm or don't fit in, like all those kinds of themes all come together for these shows and it's great that's what makes it so great too as you just look around there it's like yeah these are all my outsiders people this is my so, tribe because yeah so there's just such a um and you know people from all walks of life 
but one thing you have in common, if you love Depeche Mode, you're an outsider. And um, that's what we all have in common. It's a great sense of community. Well, and, and I think it's awesome that they played at this tour with new music and didn't necessarily go back to some of those old tunes. Because for a lot of bands, they maybe don't have the courage to do that. They're like, the fans are expecting people are people. Oh my God, we better yeah. play that. Or That's people true. will feel cheated or something. And I think it's great. It's yeah, like they're playing for their fans and they're playing for themselves, right? They are. They are 100%. Like they're, I don't think they would put in anything that they didn't feel good about playing. For this tour in particular. I don't know about other tours. But for this tour, and I think I read something about that. Like not everybody's going to be happy with the fan list or with the set list. Because there are some things that people are probably going to want to hear that aren't on there, but we're just, it's not where we are. So I respect that. Totally. I'm just so happy that, you know. I don't want to go hear a shitty version of one of my favorite songs because I don't feel like performing it anymore. Just to please. The album version. Right. And I, and I think it's great because I think for, you know, you see the arc of some bands, they just, they get stuck playing those songs from 30 years ago and the performers and the singers can no longer sing them the way they did. So so it's kind of disappointing. And I was really impressed with hearing how great they sounded live because I know with some of that type of music, it sounds great in the studio, but it's really hard to replicate in a live stadium setting like that. So I'm like, that's off to them because they sounded great. The music sounded great and their voices were just over the top. There's one other component of this band that's been really important since the beginning, and that is the collaboration with Anton Corbin, who does all their imagery. He's done all of their videos from the very beginning. He does the backdrop of the all of the video and imagery for the show and it's stunning and without him he creates such a what is it such a vibe he's like the fifth member of the band because without him and that imagery and how he is portraying the band i don't think they would be as popular with Mm -hmm. us outsiders i really don't there's something about how he's able to translate that. And they've never veered from him. They've smart with them the whole time. Smart. And if you look back on their eighties videos, never let me down or even personal Jesus. He did those. Look at those. They're stunning. Yeah, they are. Even now, even you look at them now, even now, still stunning ahead of the time, ahead of their time. The fact that what 45, 40, I don't know how many years, (laughs) We're still listening to that. It's still relevant. It's still, they're still amazing songs. They still just blow away most other songs. It's just incredible. Like you can go back today and listen to those and just go and just be like moved by them. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, you know, the sign of some great music, some great artistry where you can listen to their songs now and they still sound fresh and they still pop, right? I'll be, you know, sometimes driving out on the road and I'll catch one of those 80s, 80s, 90s stations and the people are people pop out and like, like, still my song, you know, they still, it still sounds great. I love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited and so happy that you had that opportunity to go there. And before we head out, I, I did want to talk to you just about some of those, what do they call it? Post-production blues, <laughs> post-show blues, where it's like the endorphins have worn off. And, uh, tell That's us about that. Really 
interesting point. I wanted to pull up an article. We'll link it down below. It's from a therapy site, but it's uh, called Post-Concert Depression. And it's very real. And I'll just read, post-concert depression is a type of depression that occurs after one attends a concert, causing them to feel sad, particularly after a show that was much anticipated. The excitement and energy a person feels when looking forward to a concert can make them feel more motivated, hopeful, and happier. Additional thrilling aspects include travel, hotel accommodations, or a new outfit. A person may also experience some nostalgia and surrealness when seeing a band performing live, for sure. Returning to the real world post-concert can feel like a culture shock, similar to returning from a vacation or a memorable, fun wedding reception. It goes on to a bit more. But that's that's exactly it. I didn't, I did have it, I never thought about it in that way, but I remember the first time I saw Depeche Mode, in which was i think in 2006 time 2005 2006 whenever that was and i remember oh my god did i go through i had no idea it was going to be such a emotional experience such a spiritual experience such an out of my body experience show and i came back i can't adjust i don't want to be back in the real world like this feels awful it felt better at the show. I want to feel like that. And so that's when I started becoming obsessed with them and seeing them, you know, multiple times. But, you know, fast forward to now, I didn't have that level of depression, but it did hit me. It hit me on Monday. Like I was still on a high on Sunday. And then Monday, it like, you know, going back to work and back to real life. That's when I really started to crash and feels like a withdrawal almost. And then I couldn't like, and then I got sick. And Top I, of and it. I, and I couldn't really look at, for a while, for that first week, I couldn't look online at people going to shows because I was just so bummed that it was over. I couldn't, I just couldn't look at it, but I can now. But that first week I was just like, I can't hear what's going on in LA. I can't, I can't, you know, like that anticipation of going to the show and just, and how great it was and how connecting it was. And then you go back to, yeah, just normal life. And so it's a very real thing for me. Um, not every show, not every concert I go to, but those ones that you really look forward to, or you really love the band. And it's just, I've talked on the show about other concerts that I've been to. I had that experience seeing The Fix a few years in 2019. I had just a deeply spiritual experience seeing them at the show. And boy, did that take a while to get over that. So I wonder if anybody else experiences that or if anybody else can relate. And if you can, please comment below. Uh, so I know that I'm not alone. I must not be alone because someone wrote an article about it. So, <laughs> so we'll post it down below. So too. there's Tammy in that, that one journalist, right? <laughs> yes. No, but I think you're onto something. I mean, it's, it's kind of similar because I do, you know, theatrical type productions as well it's like there's so much energy goes into it and it's looking forward to, looking it. Forward to yeah. it little tension oh my god is it gonna work out uh, you know and it's you know and the energy's running high and, and then and it's then, over then, then it's stop. over you and then right. you, know, and you don't know when it's gonna happen again or it's at the end of it and it's then like, you were like you have to kind of go through a bit of a grieving process. You know, like they mentioned the show or a wedding or an event. Same thing. There's a loss that occurs after mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Like and also 
ended. I don't, I'm not looking forward to that anymore. Like, yeah. And also, you know, the coming together of the people and you have to disperse and there's a lot that goes on with that. And I think it's important to, to acknowledge so people don't feel like, oh, it's not just me. Oh, I'm crazy. So no, you had this, first of all, this is the first, their first tour in what, four years or something like that? Mm -hmm. Five years. That element after the pandemic and then with Fletch's yep. passing also in the mix. So it's very emotional. It's like a recipe it's for a lot of emotions to be flying around. That's for sure. And actually their shows are emotional anyway. They're mm-hmm. always very emotional, like very spiritual on some cosmic level, at least in my experience. And I'm sure many others too, but yeah, the depth of emotion that you feel at the show and then the, uplifting happiness and joy and spirituality you know just being transported somewhere during the whole thing and then you go back to the your real life <laughs> and then on top of that you're sick too right? yeah you know it's it's no wonder you hear of bands that have trouble coming off the road yeah and it's probably similar to that you're on this high on stage and you're getting this energy your exchange this exchange of energy with the crowd and you and it's real and then they come off stage and then if they're touring they go to another city and they keep repeating and then what do you do when you have to go home in fact james hetfield from metallica talked about this and said that some of his addiction that he was struggling with was that transition to going home after tour that he just couldn't he couldn't adjust what do you mean i have to take out the trash bin or what do I do now? And I think that's true for a lot of our, that struggle is true for a lot of people. Some people don't like to tour as much and want to be home more. I think especially as they get older, but uh, I can imagine just as a fan experiencing that and having to go back. What if it's every other night for a year Mm -hmm. and then it's over? So I think they call that post-tour depression. I'm sure there's an article on that. Somewhere. I'm sure there's a couple articles. I'm sure it's real. I'm sure it's very real. True. And for any performers that want to come on our show and talk about it, give us their firsthand experience with that. We welcome you. We, we would love Absolutely. to know more about it. Because we as fans and as people that participate, we have our own range of feelings. But yeah, you, I can imagine what that would be like to, you know, you've been out on the road for a year and all of a sudden that it just stops and that whole community that you built is now dispersed yeah that whole community and then returning to yeah normal life's boring whereas i gotta take out the garbage and cook tonight wait what mm-hmm. where's my tour where's my stage yeah yeah where's people shouting my name <laughs> where right. to that it's like sure here's the garbage and you know where it goes dear <laughs> yeah right right i mean and i'm your number one fan so i'm saying that with love right right <laughs> Get to work get together and pitch in around the house you've been gone for a year yeah but that's you know not everyone can make those transitions some people love to be back at home and they love that yeah seems like you know some type of balance is probably a good idea huh probably awesome well, i'm so glad you had a chance to make it to that concert i'm sorry you got sick but i'm so glad you're back at it i was like where's my girl tammy i know I this would have been sooner had i not been down with the plague or whatever I have, but, but we wanted to get this out and just really give a shout out to Depeche Mode and all the Depeche Mode fans. I see you. We, we see you and hear you. 
like, yes, uh, uh, we're here with you. And please, please comment and share and for other Depeche Mode fans as well. And would love to hear from you. Absolutely. And we hope that we'll have Tammy back on specifically talking about the second, at least the second concert you get a chance to go to, if not more. Yeah, I do. I have some con- some more concerts coming up, so there'll be more reports. It'll be a good concert year. Hopefully I won't get sick at the others. Hopefully this is just the, maybe, hopefully I'm getting this out of my system now and I'll be, my immunity will be good to go. Absolutely. But awesome. you know, it's kind of a real issue now with, we're still facing COVID and that kind of thing. And it is a risk, still a risk to go to these shows. And this one was indoors and I knew it was a risk. It was just a risk I was willing to take because I just had to see Depeche Mode. And that's, that's completely understandable. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I would rethink other indoor shows. (laughs) Me personally, now I'm like, the next shows I have coming up are all outdoors. Cool. Uh, (laughs) Great. I'll be in the breeze with everybody else. Right. But it's it's something to think about. It's like, and we've talked about this before, you know, these our favorite groups that we came up with are getting older. They're not going to be on tour forever. We hope they go on as long as they can, but that's reality. So it's like, yeah. if you're a super fan, you want to catch them when you can. It makes total sense, right? Yeah. Yep. Had to do it. Awesome. Well, that awesome. is our uh, on the ground reporting of that concert coverage. And we'll have some special footage also related to that concert. And uh, like we said, let us know how you're handling all this business with touring. Have you been out there? What shows have you seen? Did you get sick too? Were you able to? <laughs> and what worked for you as far as your recovery? Ginger tea and chicken soup. So we'd love to hear what other people's experiences are. And we'll be back for a full episode of all the goings on because there's plenty happening right now too. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Thanks. for watching. Thanks for watching. See you next time.